hello. Um, <laughs> sorry, that is one of my favorite queer summer jams right there. Um, I love that bit in that song where he's just like, hello. Uh, it reminds us of, uh, reminds me, I don't know why I'm saying us, it's only me in here. Um, it reminds me of our art director, Steve, who on every, every work call without fail, uh, gets into the chat and just goes, hello, hello, for about five minutes. Uh, that's a joke that never gets tired, folks. <laughs> uh, that was Gimme Gimme Back Your Love by Hunks and His Punks. And this is episode nine of Comics Youth Radio Presents Lockdown at the Disco. And uh, I am your very, very tired but proud as punch host, Amy Roberts, broadcasting somewhat live. I mean, I'm here right now. I'm doing it right now, but uh, it's not exactly live as such. We are going to be uploading this as part of the Safe Spaces online takeover for Pride. Um, And I am broadcasting from the scorching hot streets of Fairfield and Kensington. And I'm so excited to share today's episode with you all because, my lovelies, this is our Pride special. And it has been made in collaboration, as ever, by myself, the Comics Youth team, and our superbly talented young people from the Comics Youth Safe Spaces group, who I am eternally proud of. And they just make they make my weeks uh, at the moment. I just I love them all so much. Um, it's Pride Month, people, uh, and it's also the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which offers the perfect reminder to us all that Pride shouldn't just be a party, but also a protest. So I think in the spirit of that, it's best to remember, I saw a great post this morning while I was bleary-eyed and like crawling my way out of bed at uh, two miles an hour. (laughs) Um, And it was on Twitter and it was basically um, a Pride event that was uh, encouraging people to within the LGBTQIA plus community to for this year's Pride, which is under lockdown, as you are very well aware, we're all very much aware of that. Um, to you know, extend some support to people that aren't necessarily in their own community, you know, whatever part of the LGBTQIA plus flag that you fall under. Uh, maybe look to see, you know, people in other parts of that flag. Like, what do they need? support on how can you best support them um and how can you how can you extend more support to them how can you extend more love um how can we make more solidarity you know intersectionality is still and forever crucial and as ever that always extends especially so to the BAME LGBTQIA plus community uh this is the only time of year where it's good to be a flag waver honey <laughs> Um, don't let the gammon hear me say that, like, because uh, the flags that we're holding celebrate the symbolic colours of the full LGBTQIA plus spectrum, along with those extra black and brown stripes as we continue to fight racism and white supremacy, not just in the world at large, but also within the queer community, because, uh, you know, we, we still got some issues that we need to work out, you know? Um, today's episode is all about sharing a celebration and education of LGBTQIA plus issues. So we've got a playlist packed with jams specifically and only by LGBTQIA plus artists and a bunch of terrific content made by our young people here at Comics Youth, which will hopefully make you feel boss about who you are and have a better understanding about, you know, who you are and 
and about LGBTQIA plus uh, issues as well. Um, bonus points uh, if you want to do a, a little juice drinking game with me today uh, for every time I say LGBTQIA plus. <laughs> Maybe not, I mean, don't don't go wild on the apple juice is what I'm saying. You don't want to be, you'll be drinking a lot of it, the amount of time they're going to be saying it. So, uh, I don't know, maybe don't do that. I don't want to encourage um, mass apple juicing. Mass apple juicing? Oi. Can I just say, I'm recording this at like 8am and uh, I did not sleep too well. So, this will be a fun show. <laughs> Please expect many... Uh, misread uh band names and words uh but we're gonna get through this this is gonna be it's gonna be fine to keep this protest party thumping uh we have mass seduction by saint vincent
lesbian anthem that was girls by gail and red as requested by rosa and before that was mass seduction by saint vincent which was requested by lucy and i apologize very much if you heard me having a little cough there my allergies are acting up today um there's a lot of fireworks in the air because liverpool won uh the league i think i'm not really a football person um but yeah up the reds etc um i have been coughing all morning nothing to worry about. I have hay fever. 
Um, and I'd forgotten to set my mic up properly, so it picked up everything. Um, anyway, this episode has been recorded on Saturday, June 27th. Um, and today, we're doing our Safe Spaces online takeover of the Comics Youth social media pages with a selection of really awesome content made by our young people in celebration of Pride. So the majority of stuff you'll hear on the show today, aside from my wonderful coffee-fueled ramblings, naturally, is also stuff written by our young people as part of the takeover. We have a lot more in store than what's just going to be read out on this show um, that's planned for the takeover, so be sure to check out the Comics Youth Instagram and Twitter pages to see what other treats our young people have been hard at work making. But first up, to kick us all off, is a phenomenal piece by Lucy all about compulsory heterosexuality. And what is that, you ask? Well, when Lucy brought this idea to our attention during our Safe Spaces meeting, quite a few of us didn't know. I am a 34-year-old woman who has never heard this term before. Um, but it's a really crucial part of understanding LGBTQIA plus identity and some of the struggles that we might have as LGBTQIA plus people navigating our own sexual orientations and gender identity. And I'm going to be getting into that after a couple more songs. Uh, that's just how I roll, you know. I uh, like to set things up. So this is, we're going to get a bit raucous here. This is I Wanna Be Your Joey Ramone by the ever awesome queer punk icons Sleater Kinney. in just a sec because my goodness she doesn't know what she's doing this morning she doesn't know what she's doing i do it's fine i've got this
Now I'm awake. <laughs> um, Sleater Kinney there, followed up by the raucous and the wonderful The Butchies with The Galaxy is Gay. Uh, and now uh, I'm going to get back into TED Talk mode as I read out Lucy's incredible piece about compulsory heterosexuality. So please imagine me with a little, one of those little tiny head microphones on, uh, pacing around the stage while I read this. Um, Okay, so, a guide to compulsory heterosexuality. First up, what is compulsory heterosexuality? Adrienne Rich defined compulsory heterosexuality, or COMPET, as uh, the cool kids know it, as being the covert socializations and overt forces which have channeled women into marriage and heterosexual romance, convincing women that marriage and sexual orientation toward men are inevitable, even if they're unsatisfying or oppressive forces in their lives. So, who experiences compulsory heterosexuality? Whilst compet was a phrase originally coined by Adrienne Rich, a lesbian poet and essayist, to describe a tool of the patriarchy used to control and oppress women, our understanding of gender and sexuality have since developed. So, with the origins respectfully in mind, it's a term that LGBTQIA people across the gender spectrum use to describe their experiences of attraction to and or relationships with the opposite sex due to societal conditioning before they fully understood or felt comfortable in their LGBTQIA identity. And where does it come from? Basically, from childhoods, we all absorb information from our family, media consumption and societal norms why can't I say societal, societal norms? <laughs> there we go. For most LGBTQIA people, they grow up assuming that the only way to be is heterosexual, simply because they have never received indication that things could be any other way. A few points on this. One, most families are made up of a cisgender man and woman, and the heterosexuality of a child is assumed from birth. E.g., most opposite-sex friendships, even between children, are often joked about as romantic. And FYI, it's gross. Stop doing it. 2. The idea of heterosexuality saturates all fairy tales and mainstream TV, films, advertising, and music. On Valentine's Day or in wedding pageantry, the language and images used are excessively heterosexual. (coughs) Excuse me. Allergies. Until the 1960s in the UK, being gay was illegal and same-sex marriage was only legalised in 2014. The prevalence of offensive slurs and stereotypes in everyday life suggests to LGBTQIA people that who they are is abnormal. 
gender roles such as the stay-at-home mom and hard-working dads reinforce the heteronormative ideas that we have about relationships. And so what does compet actually feel like? So compet can feel like an inner conflict. Some examples of this feeling include struggling to distinguish between what you are taught to want and what you actually want, feeling like you have to force yourself to be attracted to the opposite sex or losing interest as soon as the opposite sex reciprocates attraction, preferring the idea of being with the opposite sex to the reality, mistaking platonic love for the opposite sex as romantic and romantic love for anyone else as platonic, and finally, constantly trying to prove to yourself that you aren't LGBTQIA plus identifying. There are many more common symptoms of compet, but it's good to remember that everyone's journey with their identity is different. Whilst being LGBTQIA plus in a heteronormative world is frustrating and at times lonely, you can find peace in shared experiences and reassured in the knowledge that change will and is coming. Thank you so much, Lucy. Um, all of that was really eye-opening, um, and I think it's a lot of that is stuff that uh, everyone can relate to who are on the LGBTQIA plus uh, spectrum. Um, we've also got a great poem coming up by Lucy a little later, so please look forward to that too because it's an absolute knockout. Uh, but next up, uh, we have a track by Comics Youth Fave. Callum Crichton, this is Grow Babe. Back when I was a child, I had an imagination on the line. In my mind going wild, I would fade into the sun. Then I grew up and nothing changed, but dreams that mine considered strange whispers in the dark would say. Yeah. 
hair. Um, so that was Callum Crichton with Grow Babe, and I'm playing that for Katie H. Um, and my wonderful Safe Spaces co-lead, Emily. Um, and that was followed by $5 by Christine and the Queens. And we're playing that for resident Christine and the Queens expert, Tasha. Um, so next up, uh, we wanted to serve a little sermon about labels. Um... And thankfully, Casey H has put together a really incredible resource um, about LGBTQIA plus labels, which I'm going to read out for y'all right now. Uh, and I hope it's a real help to anyone who is still trying to figure out just where exactly they feel comfortable with their identity. You know, just know that like it's fine to try things out for yourself. You know, try out a few different labels, see what see what fits, see what lands. Um, labels don't have to be for life. Um, what's most important is that you just know uh, who you are deep down. And, you know, it, it'll come, that definition. It'll hit you and you'll be like, yes, this is me. Um, so this piece uh, is called To Label or Not To Label by Casey H. And so first up, she asks... Why do gender and sexuality labels even matter? And she responds, labels can help you classify your sexual orientation, i.e. who you're physically or romantically attracted to, and your gender identity, which is whether a person is male or female or something else. These labels are there to help you feel safe within a community if you're feeling confused about who you are. Yet, they are not at all necessary, so you can choose whether to claim a label for yourself or not. People might like to use these labels because they help provide closure and comfort to those who are confused. They can help others to self-identify in a way that's clear so that you can understand and learn about it. And they can make communication between family and friends a lot easier. People might decide not to label themselves if a label can feel too constricting. Some LGBTQIA folk may feel pressured to choose one or the other. It's also worth noting that sexuality and gender are both fluid, meaning that it can always be changing over time. Some might feel like a label doesn't properly fit who they are, and some labels can sadly be used to discriminate and be hateful towards LGBTQIA people, which can make labels triggering or uncomfortable to use in the long run. So what should you do if you're confused? Basically, many people within the LGBTQIA community struggle to figure out who they really are, and if labels are a way to help, then that's great. But at the same time, if you don't want to use labels, then that's cool too. You don't have to use them. Whilst they may be helpful to some people, each of us should express ourselves freely, especially during Pride Month when our identities can be openly celebrated. So let's celebrate who we are. Whether you use a label or not, there's only one you, and your uniqueness is always worth celebrating. I kind of felt like, when I was reading that out then, do you know at the end of the uh, the Queer Eye episodes where they do like the little, <laughs> the little speeches where like Anthony is like, and here's how you make smashed avocado. And really, this is like a metaphor for like, you know, making your life really great and, you know, opening yourself out like an empty avocado skin. Um, <laughs> anyway, amen to that, Katie. Um, Lucas M. from our Safe Spaces group has similarly made a great illustration, which features a really beautiful piece of text on the subject of labels, which says, it's not always about knowing who you are. Sometimes it's enough to know who you are not. 
please carry that message in your little hearts because it's absolutely true and you are enough. On top of that great piece, Katie has also been hard at work on a phenomenal four-piece series which is up on our Youth Takeover blog on comicsyouth.co.uk called Queering the Cobbles. And it's all about how LGBTQIA plus people are depicted and represented and often misrepresented on television. Katie focuses the conversation on depictions of LGBTQIA plus characters in Coronation Street and it makes for a really interesting read and provides a great overview of how far mainstream media has come in LGBTQIA plus representation as well as how far mainstream media keeps falling short too. Um, and like... It's amazing the amount of things that you watch and it's like, oh great, so they're going with that stereotype again. Perfect. This is just what I wanted, you know. And sometimes you'll get into like a really great show and it'll be flowing perfectly, no issues. And then out of nowhere, a clanger of a gay stereotype just dropped in there, you know, or a really abominable trope where it's like, oh, come on. I was rooting for you. Why have you done this? Um, oh, I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. We'll keep pushing forward. Change is gonna come. Uh, this is Cola by Alro Parks. Yeah. Lead me to my own devices. Better when your Coca-Cola eyes are out of my face I checked your phone and no surprises She's grinning from ear to ear in purple lace So take I 
I want. 
so so much um one of my dearest dearest friends uh mr khalil west um introduced me to that him and his husband did um on the topic of songs uh named after hollywood starlets so we were talking about drew barrymore by scissor um and then they played that which was meg ryan by transgender superstar amarasu and it's an absolute blinder um and I'm going to just briefly get back up on my soapbox here again today to say that in this house, trans lives matter and black trans lives matter all day, every day, down with transphobes, down with TERFs, get in the bin, you rats, um, <laughs> fix your hearts or die, as Gordon Cole says in Twin Peaks, The Return, comics youth is always going to be for the trans youth always we love you we are here for you um and that brings us to our third piece a wonderful article by james called expression versus identity why trans people can be gender non-conforming gender non-conformity is more visible than ever in 2020 more and more celebrities and internet personalities are wearing clothes or makeup that don't match the stereotypical expectations of their gender, and I personally love to see it. This kind of representation could be a great way to boost the confidence of gender nonconforming people and to help spread the message that your gender does not dictate how you present yourself. By now, I think it's been established that sex and gender aren't the same thing, but some people aren't aware that gender identity isn't the same as gender expression either, so let me break it down. Sex is determined at birth based on an individual's physical anatomy and biological attributes, for example, the reproductive organs. Most people are assigned male or female, but biological sex is not limited to these two binaries aka intersex people exist. Gender identity is a personal sense of your own gender. It may be the same as your assigned sex, cisgender, or it may not be, transgender. Gender also is not limited to the binary of male and female, aka non-binary people also exist. Sexuality and sexual orientation is who you are attracted to sexually. It is not the same as gender identity because trans people can be gay, straight, bisexual, pansexual, or anything else in the same way that cis people can. Gender expression is how you present yourself. Clothes, hairstyles, makeup, etc. It does not always align with your gender identity. People who don't match typical gender norms are referred to as gender non-conforming. 
Although there can be some overlap in all these terms, they are distinct from each other and not always related. A lot of people disagree with gender nonconformity because they believe that certain clothes should only be worn by people of a particular gender, i.e. only women should wear dresses. In my opinion, no one receives more backlash than gender nonconforming trans people. Binary trans people are expected to present as either hypermasculine or hyperfeminine in order to be taken seriously. Non-binary people must live up to the ridiculous expectation of being perfectly androgynous all the time, otherwise their gender is seen as invalid. I can't speak for trans feminine people, but I know that if trans guys stray slightly from masculine norms, they are criticised or called trenders. Essentially, these comments accuse them of faking their gender identity because it doesn't align with their expression. Although gender nonconforming cis people do receive harsh critiques too, I've never heard a cis person be accused of faking their gender identity. Even if people don't like it when a cis man wears feminine clothing or makeup, they'll still recognise he is a man. What really bothers me are those who will congratulate cisgender men wearing dresses for ending toxic masculinity, but at the same time will ridicule trans men for doing traditionally feminine things. You can't police how trans people present themselves while simultaneously applauding cis people for breaking the mould. This is nothing more than thinly veiled transphobia. I think that society's aversion to gender nonconformity is a result of cis normativity and heteronormativity. In other words, it's ingrained in us all from a young age that being straight and cisgender is normal and anything else is weird and undesirable. Who wants to be normal anyway? There are no rules. I could wear a skirt and nail varnish if I wanted to. It wouldn't change the fact that I am a man. Dress however you feel comfortable. Making a transphobe angry, it's just an added bonus. <laughs> Thanks so much as ever, James. And to heck with being normal, what an absolute bore. <laughs> so I think I've been normal a day in my life. Um, you can read that and James's other blogs on the expression of gender identity and the expectations that society puts upon us for such things over on the Youth Takeover blog. Um, and so we're going from uh, one trans superstar to another here. Um... These are two queered up covers of great songs, um, starting with The Clicks with their take on Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River. You were my son my earth But you didn't know all the ways that I loved you, no So you took a chance and made other plans I bet you didn't know your world would come crumbling down No You don't have to say what you did I already know I found out from him now there's just no chance for you and me We'll never be And don't make you sad about it Tell me you love me Why did you leave me all alone? You told me you love me When you call me on the phone 
song uh knocks all the dust out of my heart (laughs) i had to take a moment because i was like oh no this is gonna make me cry um so that was the clicks covering cry me a river um which is such a good cover version and it was followed by um pom pom squads with their cover of fka twigs's cellophane and i love the original of both songs but i love these covers just as hard And I also realised this morning while working on a poem inspired by cellophane, uh, because that's what I do these days, I just get up stupidly early and write poetry about songs. (laughs) Um, And I realised that it's a little strange that FKA Twigs, who is from Cheltenham, by the way, uh, uses the word cellophane instead of cling film, you know? Um, But then I realised, like, I guess saying all wrapped in cling film, these feelings that we had 
doesn't quite have the same ring or sense of urgent romance to it, does it? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit pound bakery for a heaving love ballad, like isn't it? <laughs> Using cling film instead. Um, we're gonna move swiftly on now to a triple song intermission featuring a couple of old school classics from some heroes of queer British music. Um, But the first track we're going to play is from an incredible musical and film by John Cameron Mitchell um, about navigating your sexual orientation and gender identity in a world that's seemingly against you. Um, And it's also about why we shouldn't let grotty little straight boys co-opt our stories and particularly not for profit. This is Wig in a Box from Hedvig and the Angry Inch.
wake up Then I turn back to myself
that was uh, Elton John with Benny and the Jets, followed by Outside by George Michael. Um, And they were both, well, they were partly requested by Tom. He actually asked for different songs by both artists, but one of them we'd already played last week. um, And the other one that he wanted was Amazing by George Michael. Um, But I hope that these two songs were just as palatable for you, Tom. And there's a reason why I play it outside, which I'll get to in a moment. But as an aside, can we please recognize that maybe the only good policemen right now might be the wonderfully queer ones in George Michael's controversial video for Outside. Um, But also, that video is strictly only for the eyes of mature listeners. Over 18s only, please. Um, Oh, Lord. We'll be getting all sorts of letters. Um, So I chose Outside there by George Michael because... I think it's the perfect example of a song that feels like a party, but that is still firmly rooted in a form of protest. The song was written after George Michael was arrested for engaging in what was called a lewd act in a public space. Um, And by lewd, they mean gay. Um, The incident prompted him to come out Uh, And this song not only gives him proud agency over what happened, and let's be real, it's unlikely the same for Raw or language would have been uh, said had he been engaging in a heterosexual act in public. Um, But I think the lyrics also speak to the idea of coming out and being proud to make your sexuality public. Um, And now obviously, like, nobody should ever be forced to have to come out. Um... And with, in George Michael's case, like, everyone knew that he was gay, you know, and it shouldn't have been made such a big deal of, you know, like, why did he have to make a statement about it? Nobody should have to do that. Like, my God, you know, you don't get straight people coming out as straight all the time, um, having to declare their sexuality. What nonsense. Um, anyway, uh, so... The idea of making a song that feels both party and protest feels very apt for Pride, you know, because Pride has always been a protest, and it always should be. And while it provides a great opportunity for us to celebrate our community and ourselves, it's also a time for us to reevaluate our position and treatment in this world and to continue to fight for better. In Liverpool and in many other cities across the UK, to be honest, Pride can be kind of alienating because of how it's structured around partying and binge drinking culture, but also in how it's been so co-opted by major corporations looking to use our identities as an opportunity to sell us stuff. And that can often make us feel unsafe and uncomfortable. So just remember that Pride is whatever you want it to be. And that's just as important this year as we celebrate under lockdown as it should be every year. You know, you don't have to drink or be part of a huge crowd or buy into pride as a consumerist product in order to celebrate your identity and to share pride with your community. So find your people, find your spaces online or in real life. Heck, maybe even on Animal Crossing. (laughs) I have a lion called Lionel uh, on my island who, uh, he is my... He is just a wonderful, wonderful queer icon as far as I'm concerned. Um, and enjoy who you are and the people who love and understand you completely. Find them, love them, celebrate them, celebrate yourself and do it in whatever way makes you happy, honey. Uh, this is Wind Him by Dua Seller. Mm-hmm. 
Duasala with Wind Him, followed by Lilo by the Japanese House. A couple of real dream boats there. Um, and as we finish up here, I wanted to read a poem by Lucy called A World in Which I Am Goldilocks and Sexuality a Bowl of Porridge, because holy heck, is it good? Um, <clears throat> okay. 
I've got to do her justice. I wanted to play her audio of her reading it, um, but unfortunately, my laptop is having none of it. Um, we try. We persist. Okay, so. As a child, I even looked like her. A girly wave of golden locks swishing against the back of my sundress zipped tight by society with his weathered white fingers. I felt a little rebellious as I wandered off the straight path towards a flower bush dripping with nectar. As it came closer from the shrubbery, a thatched home emerged front door and locked, all welcoming. I entered the cottage of curiosity, starving for clarity. I followed the scent of answers to a kitchen with three bowls upon its table. The first was brimming with discovery, Moorish, like best friend's lips at a high school party, but by sexuality bent my tongue. I'd taken a spoon too soon, eager, no forethought to those remaining. The second bowl had time to cool. I brought the oats to my mouth just as I realised. What about those in between girl and guy? Pansexual tasted good for a moment or two. Then I swallowed, turned to the looking glass, asked really, who are you? Before the porridge I'd felt so sure, now all this thinking had me flawed. I was born into this body. Then those weathered fingers scribbled all over me in gender, pen. I tested the third bowl with hesitant fear, found I'd never tasted anything quite like queer. No choke in my throat, no twinge of cringe, no conflict of in which box I slot, comfortable in what I know I'm not. Thank you so much, Lucy. How slamming is that poem? Like, I can tell you with 100% certainty that my poems were nowhere near that good when I was Lucy's age. Um, I can pull receipts. You don't want to see them, though. Um, uh, and that about wraps us up for today for our Pride special. Um, next week, uh, I think I'm going to just throw it out to our Safe Spaces group and see what theme they would most enjoy. So next week's one's going to be a little bit of a surprise, I think. Um, and as always, please remember that everything is not cool, but it can be. Stay safe, stay sassy, and my goodness, stay full of pride for who you are and who you love. This is Janelle Monet featuring Erica Badu with Queen. Bye!
the script.